Good evening, church. It is time for us to begin. Um, Brother um, Danny is ill, so he, uh, for the second time, contracted COVID, and so um, he's not here tonight, and he asked me to take his place, so here I am. And we're going to pick up where we left off, since we didn't finish our lesson on the tongue, um, so we're looking forward, I'm looking forward to this opportunity. Let's, uh, let's go to God in prayer. Great God, we love you, and we thank you so very much. We praise you. Thank you for the opportunity to study your word. Please guide us into all truth and help us to, as we read your word, to grow, to grow in our faith, to be stronger Christians, and to be the people you would have us to be. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for Jesus, your great son, who died that we might live. It's in his precious name we pray, and thank thee if it be thy will. Amen. Okay, back to Proverbs now, chapter 12 trying to help Christians and husbands, wait, Christians stay out of trouble <laughs> when we use our tongues, right? So here we, again, we have the power. We're going to come back to that Proverbs uh, passage later on about uh, chapter 18, uh, death and life and the power of the tongue. But chapter 12 of uh, Proverbs, verse 14, we start out with some positive things about the tongue. It says, a man will be satisfied with the good uh, by the fruit of his words, and the deeds of a man's hands will return to him. So satisfaction, certainly by, by the, the words that we use, the fruit that we display, if you will, and give to those who hear us. Chapter 18 says, uh, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 18, there is one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So it just, it just kind of shows that we... We have a lot of power um, in our lives as, with our interaction with people as to what we're going to do. We're either going to, to tear people down, uh, even our, our relations, our family, etc., or we're going to build them up. And we use our tongues to do that, and it's a choice. And we have to choose how we want to speak to people or um, whether or not we're going to encourage and build up or if we're going to just, just tear each other apart. We have the power. We have the authority uh, God gave it to us. Now the question is, is it the right thing to do? All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. So we ought to really, really be mindful of how we use our words towards others, uh, towards each other. Chapter, um, chapter 12, chapter 13. Chapter 13, verse 2. From the fruit of a man's mouth, he enjoys good, but the desire of the treacherous is violence. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Uh, you know, why is Solomon telling us all this? You know, by way of inspiration, he's, he's given us wisdom from God, right? Just think about what, um, you know, Jesus, how he impacted everyone by his words. It wasn't just by his actions. It was by his words. Through his words, he impacted people. They listened to him. He was one who spoke as having authority and not like the scribes, right? He not only spoke with authority, he believed what he was saying, right? And so as we show or exercise kindness to others and use our tongues in a, in a positive way, think about the people that we can reach in and with the gospel uh, of Jesus. The next one is chapter 15. Chapter 15. I love chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, because 
it's obvious, and we've seen both sides of it. Um, a gentle answer, verse 1, uh, turns away wrath, but a harsh word sears up anger. So here on one end, someone comes to you and they're really upset and they're agitated and aggravated and you yell back at them. That's not going to help the situation. But if we learn to exercise that, that uh, self-control and display, if you will, the kindness of Jesus and give a gentle answer, then we truly will turn away wrath. But if we display anger with that anger, we model the anger that they maybe model toward us, uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite you, right? And you get to choose it. You choose what you want to say. It, it's funny how we choose what we want to say, and then we get angry when someone else comes back at us in the same way. No, you, you, you're giving up that right, right? Look at verse 2. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. Oh, I love that, right? The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. It's like this idea of persuasiveness with it in a good way, not deceptive persuasiveness, but persuasiveness in that you want, you want people to listen and you want them to try to understand what it is that Jesus wants them to know or even the message that you're trying to convey to them. The latter part of that verse says, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. Nobody wants to listen to a fool, right? So if you, if you demonstrate foolishness, people aren't going to listen to you. And when we try to talk about Jesus and we've exemplified foolishness, we're not going to have a very good audience, right? Or maybe a receptive audience, should I say. Verse 4 says, A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. So think about the tongue. It's soothing, it's soft, it's gentle, it's kind. But then the Bible tells us also it's a fire, right? You've got to choose what you want to do. What are you going to do with your tongue? How are we going to use our tongues um, for the rest of our lives as we interact with humans. Verse 28. 28, chapter 15 and verse 28. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. So that's always good, isn't it? A wise man, Jesus says. Also, a wise man ponders before he answers. Here, you know, you think about how are you going to answer the question that's being asked of you? If it's one of those questions that's, maybe it's a difficult question, or maybe it's one where um, I find myself where I'm guilty of something or whatever it may be. How are you going to answer that question? Am I going to answer it in a, in a gentle and godly way? Uh, am I going to answer it with a lie? How am I going to answer that question? And if I'm going to, if I'm, you know, thinking about how to answer it by thinking of a lie, you know Jesus is saying, don't do that. Tell the truth. Right? But how do you answer some of those questions that are difficult? that come our way, that you're saying, I don't want to offend someone, right? And then that's another side, where I'm, I'm pondering how I want to answer this question, and I want to do it in such a way to where it doesn't offend anyone, right? The latter part of that verse says, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. So you know, the wicked person who doesn't have the wisdom of God just blurts it out, right? Be careful. Chapter 16. Chapter 16 and verse 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You ever been around someone and they uttered pleasant words and you say, they sure are nice. It's just a nice family. You don't really know them, right? It's just the way they use their tongues. 
It's just, right? And so that's how we ought to make sure that we ensure that people think of us when they, when they hear us speak about God and they hear us speak in the presence of, of humanity as we're in the presence of God, that they should walk away saying, those are some really nice people because they use our tongues to try to build others up. Like I've been saying lately um, in the sermons that, you know, it's not about us, right? It's about Jesus. So if I'm doing everything I can to promote Jesus, uh, wow, what a blessing we become to humanity. We become a tremendous blessing to humanity. If we just always think about Jesus, what is that, this, what is it, the saying or sticker, what would Jesus do, right? You know, and it, I don't know that I always do what Jesus would do or say what Jesus would say, but wow, wouldn't it be great if I'm always thinking about what Jesus would say or how he would say it or what Jesus would do? Same chapter 16. Verse, um, verse 27, a worthless man digs up evil while his words are as a scorching fire. A perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer separates intimate friends. So here's that opposite, right? The converse to this, this gentle answer, this, this tongue that speaks and brings us forth like a, like a honeycomb. On the other side, there's this, this fire and this, this thrusting of the sword and this devastation and difficult wow right the tongue when I when I grew up outside of Christ I didn't know how to use my tongue well I did I used it like the world right you know worldly that worldly tongue is a flapper in it <laughs> flop 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 seen a lot of people get into a lot of trouble with that tongue right and, and sadly even even as a Christian watched a lot of people get into a lot of trouble with the tongue. And even as a Christian, I've gotten into trouble with the tongue. So we we have to learn the more of the word of God that we have in us, the more that we can give, the more we can put out. Look at chapter 17 and verse 9. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. We've seen that over and over again, right? You know, oh, look, don't tell them I said this, but right? all the time, we hear it all. Right, what am I doing with my tongue? How am I using my tongue in regards to God, right? Am I, am I striving to build Jesus up or am I trying to tear him down? Right? People are, are watching us. They're listening to us. If they know you're a Christian. They're really listening to you and watching you. You know, as if we're under this litmus test all the time, you know, if you say it, then it must be all right. That's not always true, is it? <laughs> it it's, cause sometimes we say things that we ought not say, but they're listening to us and they're watching us. So how are we using our tongue? Are we honest people, right? Do we, do we consider the feelings of other people? Are we, are we generous with our spirit and trying to encourage others? Or are we those who just... We just tear the house down, right? Chapter 17 and verse 27. 27. He who restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. I remember I heard a long time ago, and I may may quote this incorrectly, that the only reason that people use swear words is because they don't have anything to say. (laughs) I heard that a long time ago, 
like, huh, <laughs> I've got a lot to say. <laughs> no, right? But no, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of true, right? If we can't find another word to use. Maybe we need to strengthen our vocabulary just a bit, right? Um, so, he who restrains his words has knowledge. So when do we find most times, I think that's fair to say, at least, at least in, the, in, the, in the church maybe, um, where Christians lose that control of the tongue. Anger, right? And that's what Jesus says in, in, uh, inspiring us in Ephesians 4. Be angry, but do not what? Do not sin. So you've got to have that control over your spirit. Right? Have to, we have to exercise the control. If you, don't, if you don't know how to exercise control over your spirit, then um, maybe that's a good study in the scriptures. Jesus, teach me how to control my spirit so that I will not sin against you. Right? It's not just Proverbs hiding, hiding his word in my heart. It's, I need to learn how to control it too, right? And I need to be able to, um, wisdom is the application of knowledge. I need to be able to exercise that wisdom in my self-control and through my knowledge of God's word. I want to exercise that, show people Jesus. So being quiet when you, when you don't want to answer a question that will do no good. Ever been in that position where you're asked a question because someone's angry and they're asking you a question and they're being very um, um, persuasive <laughs> in their language? Sometimes just silence is, is the moment, right? It's just in this moment, it's best just to be silent. And even the, the Bible says in verse 28, even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is counted prudent. So sometimes silence is, is the right answer. Just, this isn't going to do any good. It isn't going to go anywhere. I've already apologized or offered to fix the situation. I already said I'm, I'm, I made a mistake and I, and I won't do it again or whatever maybe, whatever the words we may be using at the time. And then just stop, right? Just maybe just stop. And silence is, is powerful. Chapter 18, please, in verse, in verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. To show partiality to the wicked is not good, nor to thrust aside the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips bring strife, and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are the snare of his soul. I've watched people's mouths Get them into a lot. Get them hurt, physically hurt. Maybe you've seen that. Physically hurt because they just won't stop. And then someone, the, the opponent, if you will, decides that they're going to make them stop. Right? And so <laughs> maybe we ought to learn when to stop. And, that, and, that's, and that's really critical in, in our relationships. But also, if we're finding that, that our conversation isn't prudent, you know, exercise self-control. Exercise self-restraint. Remembering that in an argument, what's the goal? To win. <laughs> right? I mean, that's the truth, isn't it? Right? You want to win an argument. You don't get into an argument that you don't want to win. We all get into it because we want to win. So maybe it's best to stay out of it. Right? Sometimes, again, silence is a, is a, good, is a good way of walking with Jesus. 
Uh, chapter 18 and verse 13. He who gives an answer before he hears. That, this is a good one. It's a folly and a shame to him. Right? To give an answer before you hear. Have you ever uh, had people in a conversation and maybe it's you, you're discussing something and you're trying to make a point that is beneficial or whatever it may be, but they don't let you finish making your point? It just angers people, right? It's like, let me finish saying what I'm trying to say. It happens in marriages all the time, right? You know, it happens all the time, you know. Let me finish what I want. That's not what I'm saying. Well, what are you saying? Well, what I'm saying is, and then you start saying it, and then they interrupt you again. It's like, you know, right? So to answer uh, before, he who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. The next one in, in verses uh, 19, a brother offended. This is a tough one. And this is so true. And maybe we've seen this. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. Think about our tongues, right? We're not talking about using the Word of God. If you preach the Word of God and someone's offended, well, you know, that, that's between them and God. But we're talking about personal issues, right? So if we offend someone, it's hard to get them to come. If they leave the church because they're offended because of me, I'm not preaching the Word of God, but I'm saying other things I ought not, and people leave because of me or you or whatever it may be, it's hard to win a brother back who's offended. They start saying things like, well, you know, I'm, I'm never going back to that church again. And it wasn't the, it wasn't the church, it was me, right? And we, we, don't, we don't always have the ability to separate out that it's, it's, it was my folly, but my folly sometimes can offend people and cause them to never come back again. So we must be always very careful uh, with what we say from the pulpit. Very careful. Whatever you say public, want this out. Even, I mean, I say the pulpit because we're talking about the church, but in general, once it's out, you can't take it back. So hold it, right? Sometimes you've got to hold it. And uh, oftentimes we speak in anger, and that never, it never really benefits others when we uh, lose that, that control, right? That self-control. So if we are speaking in anger, remember, just don't sit, right? Got to know how far to go, maybe uh, how strong the language should be in the sense of, of uh, making my point. You know, just be careful. Look at verse 19, same chapter. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. Uh, he'll be satisfied with the product of his lips. And how true that is, right? I mean, think about when you, you go out and, you're, and, and maybe you, are, you have this desire to help someone. And then you help them. And then they say mean things to you. How willing are you to help them again? <laughs> maybe you're going out and you're, you're helping the homeless. And they... And then... How, how, how likely are you to help them, that one individual, next time? Or will you see them and kind of, oh, I'm going to avoid them. They're not too nice. You know, it's just it's what we do. The fruit of your lips makes a huge difference in life. And so the next verse carries us to death and life. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so I, I just, I look at this scripture and I think about the power that God has given to us to use our tongues in such a way to really, really strive to build each other up, encourage each other. So 
especially, you know, especially your home, your home life, your spouse, your children. Just, I mean, you know, we don't lie. We tell the truth, but we build each other up and build each other up and just, just keep building each other up because you have the power to destroy their spirit, right? To break their spirit. And you have the power to lift them up, to encourage them. And I know we might say, well, they should have that power within themselves. And okay, I get that to a certain degree. But you have the power, right? You have that power of influence. How are you going to use your words? You're going to use them properly. I mean, we have to discipline. We know that, especially our children. We discipline our children. And we we do that. We can do that in a very godly way. And then we can do it in a very ungodly way, right? Death and life on the power of the tongue. But also, physical death is in the power of the tongue. Because out on the streets, is different, right? When they use their tongues, they get themselves into a lot of trouble out there. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So, I, I choose to eat the fruit of life, or I choose to eat the fruit of death, right? What I put out comes back to me. What you sow, you reap. So the way you speak to others, people are going to speak to you in the same way. In fact, we often say birds of a feather flock together. So people who talk that way will usually be around each other, right? And so I get to choose, I get to decide um, how I use my tongue. It's totally up to me, right? And so when I blow it, what should I say? How should I use my tongue? I'm sorry, right? The Bible calls it repentance, right? Godly sorrow, you say you're sorry. Say you're sorry to the individual. You say you're sorry to God. We always try to maintain our composure at all times. What do we have now? Now we have, um, you know, driving a car, road rage, right? I mean, people are dying over this road rage thing because we don't have control over our spirits. We have to maintain self-control. Chapter 20, and the verse is 19. There the scripture says, He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets Therefore, do not associate with the gossip. So that runs into the New Testament, right? That it talks about old wise fables and things of that sort. We just, you know, again, how are we going to use our tongues? Right? The choice is yours. The choice is mine. To build up or to tear down. And the very next chapter in chapter 21 and verse 23, it says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. See how deep it gets? It's deep, it's deep, deep, deep. It's not just physical relationships. It's the soul. Because God's listening too, right? Someone said, well, I heard what you said. God heard it too. (laughs) So now, my relationship with the Lord has to be critical. And so, I want God to hear me think good things and speak good things, right? You ever heard someone say, you might as well say it, you thought it, right? Well, probably not, just don't say it. <laughs> just change your thinking. But sometimes we have to hold our tongues. I think the older we get, the, the better we are, the more we learn that, maybe. Um, that's just a guess. I don't know if that's always true, though. 25, chapter 25 and, and verse 11. I just want to give you all this, and then we can maybe engage in conversation if we have it. Uh, I know there's a lot that we could say on each of these verses. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. 
So I love, um, you know, when in, in counseling, it's, this is one of the things I try to focus um, spouses on. So they come in, they communicate, I listen to them communicate, and one of the first things I start diving into is how they talk to each other. You know, when they're disrespectful and because they're so angry and irritated or whatever it may be, and they don't have that control, you can get them to have a little more respect for each other. It kind of lightens the mood just, just for a moment kind of lightens the mood. What I really, I don't, so let me, I'm going to say this in this way. Um, when people come into your office and they're Christians and they're backbiting, they're angry at each other, couples, right? Husbands and wives. And they're just, they're just upset. I mean, they're just, they're just bothered. They're upset. They're irritated. And you know, I get it. We sometimes, couples get to that point where there's been a lot of stress in their relationships. And so not, no judgment there. But what I really enjoy doing is going with them to Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, Jesus says, um, what you do to one of these, you do to me. And we read it first. And then um, I help them to remember, if you're yelling at your brother or sister with that anger and that coldness, who else are you yelling at? And the answer is Jesus. It stops all that, by the way. It always does. They stop, <laughs> at least for that, that counseling session. I can't get, you know, you, we can't go to the scriptures if they're arguing. They stop. It really, and we can remember that ourselves when we're looking at our brothers and sisters. What you do or say to your brother or sister, you're doing or saying to Jesus. So it's like, I'm going to really watch, you know, how I treat my brothers. What happens is eventually you begin to believe it, right? That we have to be extremely kind to one another and gentle and just love each other and build each other up. So, uh, like apples of gold and settings of silver, is a word spoken in the right circumstance. And how beautiful it is when you hear someone say that, that something, whatever it is, that you go, oh, that just made my day. And it really made your day, right? That's, that's these apples we're talking about in settings of gold. So, try to find that moment, that opportunity to use the words of Jesus in a way, the words of the scriptures, to, uh, to really impact your friend, your neighbor, whomever it may be in a very positive way, especially at home with our spouses, right? To really impact each other. Find something good and positive that you can say to them every day. It makes it a lot easier when you got to talk about the other stuff, right? Because that happens too. All right, Proverbs 25 and verse um, 11, and now chapter 26 and verse 20 and 21. So when there's a problem in a home, and there's just, you know, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. The Bible gives us the illustration that that's like lighting a fire. And if you keep adding fuel to the fire, you keep putting wood into the fire, it, this is never going to end, right? It's never going to end. So, so it says to us, uh, verse 20 of Proverbs 26, For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, uh, contention quiets down. And so it just... It just goes, it starts to, starts to simmer down, right? Like charcoal, the next verse, uh, to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. And so we know embers continue to burn for a long time, but that's a matter of trying to get your life right with Jesus, right? This is really important. So, and by the way, if you read one proverb a, a day, every month you'll have read through the whole book, right? Um, of course, there are the 31 chapters, so... You have to read one extra chapter, but you can, you probably can do that, right? 
Um, but it, it's great. It's great for our walk of faith. Right? Just to read this, there's so much you get to the contrast in chapter 10. Start talking, you know, a good man does this and a bad man does that. Good, you know, it just goes to the contrast. And it really helps to model, if you will, uh, the, maybe model the proper word, but to, to mold, yeah, to mold the mind, to become a Christ-like thinker, right? No longer necessarily a free thinker, but a Christ-minded thinker. Because you're always thinking about these Proverbs, well, it gives you a contrast. And you see, this is what Jesus did. And oh, now I know how to practice this. So here are these embers that are, that are still, still uh, pretty hot. What does the Bible say in the New Testament um, about anger and about going to bed? Do not go to bed angry, right? Don't go to bed angry. Why? Why not? Because you give sin an opportunity. And, and have you ever, you ever gone a bit angry at your spouse and then um, awakened fresh and happy and excited? Probably never happens. Right? So the Bible specifically tells us through the Old Testament, going into the New Testament, that when you go to bed angry, you truly open up your subconscious mind and allow Satan to get in there. And he starts working on you. Right? And you're doing it yourself too. And you're trying to think in your mind, right? When you, you know, your subconscious mind really doesn't distinguish between um, what's reality and what's maybe a dream. You know, you dream, you go, oh, I felt so real. Well, because your subconscious mind doesn't really separate the two out. So, well, well, if you go to bed angry, your, your mind is going to keep working. Not the frontal lobe, right? That, that thinker back there is going to keep working out those problems and may not do it in the proper way. So God says, don't give Satan don't give evil, don't give the evil within us an opportunity. Do not go to bed angry, right? So stay up, and if you can't work it out with your spouse, work it out with your Lord, right? Just start there. It's a good place, right? So here we are with this, this idea, these embers then. Let them cool. Ask Jesus to put some water on them, right? Douse them with water and put them out um, because it doesn't do any good. It just creates more trouble and uh, and difficulty in verse 22 the words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels and they go down into the innermost parts of the body like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver draws are burning lips and a wicked heart so the heart speaks what's on the what right the heart is here the lips excuse me speak what's on the mind on the heart right so we go oh i didn't mean to say that well yeah Actually, you did, right? Sometimes that stings. Sometimes it stings when I hear it. If I say it, I go, ooh, that was not good, right? And so it stings because you knew you shouldn't have said it. But now you know what's on your heart, right? It's scary sometimes to know what's on your heart or on someone else's heart. But the, the, the idea behind that, the goal behind that is change, right? Spend time praying, spend time Reading the word, Proverbs is a great book. Just start reading through it, and you'll, you'll be amazed. When you're really angry, and you read through the book of Proverbs, you'll be amazed at how many times it calls you a fool. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, it'll change you quickly. It will change your mind. Only 31 chapters, right? So, he who hates disguises it with his lips, but he lays up deceit in his heart. And when he speaks graciously, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. 
Though his hatred covers itself with gall, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. So that was pretty, pretty strong, right? Pretty strong language. Chapter 27 in verse, in verse 5. 27.5. Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. How about that one? That's a nice one, isn't it? Open rebuke. So would you rather someone... Uh, well, let me give you an example. I was talking, I was in a Bible study, and I was studying with a, a gentleman, and um, it was interesting. We were talking about salvation, and he was explaining to me why he knew he was saved. And I, I, I okay, I listened and listened. Motorcycle accident, number one. And then, you know, God didn't kill me. So, saved. Motorcycle accident, number two. See? There was evidence right there. Motorcycle accident, number three. He, went, he had three motorcycle accidents and uh, lived through all of them. Pretty intense ones. He says, see? And that's why I, I know I'm saved. And, I, and then he asked me, well, so what do you think? And I said, well... Actually, the Bible doesn't even actually talk about motorcycles. Talk about chariots, but not not motorcycles. I'm not sure where you're getting your information from. And he looks at me and he goes, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "Well, I can only tell you what the Bible says, and the Bible does not speak of motorcycle accidents and and because you survived them that that brings your salvation. Instead, I think of scriptures like Romans two, where the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Romans two verse four, and that's what God does. He's kind to us, and He's Matthew 5, he, uh, his sun goes, rises and sets on the, the good and the evil. And I think about those scriptures and I recognize that maybe there's something else the Bible might have to say. So we read some scriptures and he concluded within himself through the scriptures we read. You don't have to say it usually, right? That he was lost. And he looked at me and said, Do not ever come into my house and disrespect me by telling me I'm lost in front of my wife. I said, well, I appreciate knowing that. I didn't know you thought that way. But I just have one question for you. And then he, asked, he said, well, what's your question? Would you prefer I lie to you? And then he just kind of looked at me like, well, of course, then he was going to shoot me after that one. So uh, anyway, <laughs> um, but Proverbs 27, 5, it's better to have an open rebuke because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he understood his relationship with the Lord through the Scriptures. I didn't have to say it. We read it. And he understood his relationship rather than concealing it, concealing love. And instead of, instead of being the kind of person that you're, you just you don't want to tell the truth because you're trying to... Con- you don't do that. You just you tell the truth, right? You, we always tell the truth. We have to be willing to... Um, to rebuke people at times, right? I mean, it's called life. It happens in every aspect of our lives. Our lives, um, <clears throat> just nature itself rebukes us, right? If you do something, you know, you defy nature, you may have some, some issues that happen uh, in your life. Proverbs 28, and by the way, that secret love is no good anyway. Proverbs 28 and, and verse 23. There it says, He who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor. Uh, than he who flatters with the tongue. How about that? You ever had someone say, I can't believe all this time you've been lying to me. Right? I mean, you've been a whole lot better off if you had just told the truth. Right? From the very beginning. That's what God uh, demands of us. And sometimes rebuke 
Rebuke is, rebuke is almost always better than flattery. Flattery is not the answer. Rebuke is the answer. But the way we rebuke is not where we think sometimes we have to just, right? You can rebuke someone with gentleness, right? We would prefer to be rebuked with gentleness and respect and kindness, right? And, and the Bible allows us to do that when we just use the Word of God the way that God has given it to us to utilize it and share it with, uh, with others. 29 and verse 11. This one reads very different in the King James Version, but I want to read it to you here. A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. Um, and I believe the King James Version says, a fool always utters his mind. Right? Like, he never, a fool doesn't hold his tongue. He doesn't restrain. He just says it. And it may not, it may not be something that is beneficial <laughs> at the moment, and it may not even be correct. It, it doesn't matter. A fool will just utter their mind. They'll just, they'll just let it go. That's not what God wants. Don't be foolish, right? It's not what God wants from us. God expects us to think before we speak, right? And, and the, better, the better and easier way to think is to first listen, right? And then Jesus says to listen, but then he says, hear it. It's different. Right? He who has ears, ears to hear, let him hear. Right? So you may have ears, but if you're not listening and you don't hear it, then you're not going to solve anything. You know, someone may be trying to convey a message and you're thinking of your answer. Right? So you're not listening. You, you can hear the sound, but you're not listening. And that is one of the most difficult things in a relationship uh, in the lack of communication is when you don't listen, you hear it, you know, the gibberish, right? But you're not listening. And God wants us to not only hear it, but he wants us to listen. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It doesn't make sense unless you recognize that there's the sound, the audio sound, and then there's the listening ear that allows that sound to reach or penetrate the heart. I'm listening to the message that you're trying to convey to me. Very, very important. And then Proverbs 29 in verse, in verse 20. Do you see a man who is hasty in words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Right? And it says also, with many words, uh, transgression is unavoidable. So you want to see a fool? God's got a lot of words. Hasty in words, right? Hadn't thought about a thing. Is not listening at all. So, okay. With that being said, let's open the floor if there are any questions or comments. If there are none, we're going to James 3. But um, if there are any questions or comments, just raise your hand. We're bringing the microphone. No. All right. James 3 is where we're going now. Thank you, Pat. Pat, was that because you have a comment? Okay, thank you. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, James 3. tongue. Listen to the difficult challenge, right? So the challenge first, we'll start with the teacher. Always love starting with the preacher of the teacher, right? Um, verse 1, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such you shall incur a stricter judgment. You, you have to be intentional if you're going to be a teacher, right? And what I mean by that is you have to truly intend with all of your mind, heart, soul, and strength that you're going to surrender to God. Intentional. And, and that means that uh, there will be, there'll be times when, 
as a as a teacher or a preacher that you you maybe ask questions, difficult questions, right? That you don't know answers to. Is it still okay to say, you know, I don't know the answers to that? Is it okay to do that? Yeah, somewhere in the world, I don't know what happened, this shift happened where preachers are supposed to know everything and teachers. No, absolutely not. It's okay to say, you know, I don't know the answer. Right? Let's move on. We'll come back to that whenever I find the answer, if I ever do. I may never find the answer. If I do, we'll come back. We'll talk about it. If I do not, I don't know the answer. Well, keeping in mind that I'm going to incur the strict judgment, so I'm going to be very careful with what I say and what I preach on and what I, I discuss in life. Well, that's a great rule of thumb for all of us, that in life, we ought to realize that as Christians, we're also going to incur a strict judgment, right? Because we know better, don't we? All of us know better. We know what we should and shouldn't do. Um, can you imagine in Matthew 7, the discussion? Think about the discussion in Matthew 7. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not? Right? And then they start telling Jesus, remember when I remember? I, I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that. And he's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. And so that's scary. Right? And so people, I'll say this kindly and gently and with love, people aren't worth you missing heaven. Right? No one's worth it. So instead, be willing to step back for a moment and think about things before we say them. Right? If we don't know the answer, we don't know the answer. We start with, we start with you know, leadership, teachers, preachers, whatever it may be. For we all stumble in many ways. Verse 2, if, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man able to burn the whole body as well. And so, so now it comes back. We always say this. Well, no one's perfect. Well, I mean, in reality, we understand that. But, you know, you can... You can decide what you're going to say and not, can't you? You can decide. You know, if you're going to go home tonight and have that big discussion, whatever it may be, with someone, uh, with your spouse, you get to choose what you're going to say. How are you going to say it? You get to choose whether you're going to tell the truth or tell a lie. You get to choose as to whether you're going to build up in this situation or tear down. You get to choose. And you also get to choose to make an excuse and go, well, nobody's perfect. Well, that's not the choice we're supposed to make. Because God himself in Matthew 5 says, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Right? You get to choose. So now he gets into his tongue. It's a fire. Right? And it, says, it talks about it not being controllable. But what can you control? Can you control this? Because this says what's on this. Right? You get this right, you'll get this right. If you don't get this right, you'll never have that one right. You see? When you make this surrender to Jesus, this surrenders also. This is going to speak what's here, what's on the heart, what's on the mind. So what is on your mind? What is on my mind? What have I been thinking about through the day or throughout the day and dwelling on and struggling with? And is my mind, you know, just jumbled up with a bunch of stuff that's it's cluttered and you know and then and then it's got a little bit of Jesus in there or does it have a whole lot of Jesus and then all this other stuff called life is all around but it's controlled by Jesus that's the life that we're supposed to strive to achieve the one where all that matters in life is Jesus and that's great right because guess what no matter what happens we got God if we have God we're all right 
And so it kind of takes the pressure of the mind off and allows us to have more self-control. Jesus is the most important. The only important thing in life is Jesus. And this life is not it. It's just the stepping stone for the next one, right? So if I get Jesus right in this life, to the very best of my ability, and I really work on it, I think about Jesus as often as I possibly can throughout my day. A lot of that other stuff becomes a little, a little more minimized. It's still there, right? And there's some really big stuff that happens to us in life. But if you remember Jesus, remember this life is not the end. It's the next one, right? And so the tongue is a restless evil because what's restless? This is just the muscle, right? This is the thinker that tells the muscle what to say right and so try to work on this continually and it will help us to fix this all right thank you very much for your time tonight really appreciate it Uh, we are dismissed